Disciples podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. This is technically a bonus episode of the podcast. I'm coming to you on a Saturday because, frankly, there's so much happening at Awana, two episodes a week just doesn't quite cut it sometimes. I know that for me, the coronavirus pandemic has drastically changed so many areas of my life. And I have constantly been in in that my spiritual practices have had to adjust as we navigate as I navigated this new rhythm of day-to-day life with my young family. My guess is the same is true for you. Gary Goudreau is a missionary at Awana serving in Eastern Pennsylvania and the New Jersey area. He introduced me to a guy named Dan, who is an elder at a church that's within Gary's area, but you'll hear me during this conversation call him Pastor Dan, but stick around to the end because you'll hear the nickname that the kids in his church have given him, and it's perfect. Dan's church was particularly impacted by the coronavirus, but Gary committed to Dan early in this pandemic to be praying for his church. And to give Gary a lot of credit, he kept his word and kept praying for Dan and the people of his church. And maybe you all have a more robust prayer life than I do. But praying for my brothers and sisters in Christ, particularly those who I'm not seeing every day and not always interacting with, is a particular weakness of my own spiritual life. Which is why I think I wanted to share this conversation with you. Because whether you are a prayer warrior or you're someone like me who spends too much time talking about something rather than boldly going to the throne of grace, to the God of the universe, the whole body benefits from the power of prayer. So while this story might seem like it's about the pandemic that changed all of our lives. Really, it's about the power of prayer. This conversation starts with Dan explaining how he and Gary got connected in the first place and how he initially began to respond to Gary lifting up his ministry in prayer. Thank you for listening. This is episode 43 of the Resilient Disciples podcast. The thing that really uh, caught my attention was was from a biblical perspective. When this hit, Gary reached out and said, so how are you guys doing? And I, I forget what I told you, but we had been hit directly by this coronavirus on, on many fronts. And, and I kept getting texts from him. Uh, indicating we're praying for you guys. And, and, and it was such an encouragement that, you know, it was just uh, a practical illustration of first Corinthians 12, which says we're all one body in Christ. And if one member suffer, we all suffer. And, and I'll tell you, Gary, that just hit home really hard, not to emphasize on the stuff that hit us, but rather the fact that here, here's, from a from our perspective in a in a brethren environment there's not a whole lot of relationship building outside of that for various reasons and uh, i just felt there was such an encouragement the my fellow elders have been encouraged by it 
And so that's how we got to where we are. It was based on the fact that um, we had dear brothers and sisters at Awana reaching out to us and saying, hey, you're not forgotten and we're praying for you. And uh, I tell you, just uh, just knowing the power of prayer and uh, my old dad used to say, when you pray, always remember the God of the universe stops and listens. So, you know, there's there's a tremendous encouragement there. So that that's kind of a, a brief summary, Ross. That was great. Um... I mean, it's, it's so encouraging to hear that, but I, I'm also just reminded that I wish that weren't so surprising, you know, uh, to, to have a, uh, to have a moment of, I don't want to be overly prescriptive, have, have a moment of crisis and have someone rather than point to the crisis point to how big God is, you know, we, we use that cliche a lot, even in, even in kids ministry of, you know, don't, don't talk about how big the mountain is. Talk, tell the mountain how big your God is, right? And to have someone actually do that, it's so refreshing. Uh, but I'm, I am, you know, maybe it's just my own cynicism, but I'm reminded of, all right, that's the work we're supposed to be doing all the time. And that is how we're, we are called always to respond. Uh, so, Gary, it's yeah. awesome that you, you respond that way. Yeah. Well, the, the, other his, the other history behind that, Ross, is that, as you know from the Awana structure, we have a, a small group of Awana missionaries form a work group, you know, in, in the field, and we're in the regional area. And so we have weekly prayer meetings and business meetings, and this particular chapel was in the middle of, of our prayer. Uh, then when we now have been for the last three weeks or five weeks uh, doing a, a national Awana prayer meeting at 10 o'clock every day, we brought that up. To that, and so this has not only been a national prayer, a regional prayer, but our own church in Southern New Jersey has it on their prayer list to be praying for this man and his his family, and you know the th- people at that church. We are all family in this thing, so Amen. we have the entire country praying for this chapel. Amen. And I think it's so. That is what that is what Awana is called to do, right? We are that is us being able to be an effective partner to your church and a, and follow what the Bible tells us to do as individuals ourselves, right? Like we, we are made aware of a need. Um, it's, it's great that you, that, you know, your leadership and that you're responding that way. You know, as individuals, we say, Hey, we got this, you know, there's, I've got it. Don't worry about it. And, but in actual fact, uh, so when so when uh, somebody calls up and says, "Is there anything that we need to pray about?" You tend to say, oh, "And I got this. I really don't need prayer." Which is, which is the the human way to to approach it. That you you know you're in control of your life, and if you're not in control of your life, there's something wrong with you. Amen. Well, when it comes to this particular uh, virus, there's nobody on this planet that's in control. Absolutely not. I mean, I look at it from from uh, from God's perspective. If if I can be so preposterous as, as to say that I can do that. But, uh, you know, God in, in a very quick matter of time allowed this little microbe to, to get out of control and, and he shut down the world. Yeah. And this is unprecedented. I mean, we've had pandemics before, which has caused a lot of problems, but this is the one it has shut down the world, period. And, and I'm, I take a step back and say, well, the decisions that we make 
with regard to a pandemic that is so uh, that is so widespread, we need to exercise a lot of care as individuals in the decisions that we make. So there's two aspects of it. Number one, when somebody says, we'd like to pray for you, I should be of the mindset that says, how bad can it be to have somebody else talk to God on my behalf? And, and so, because uh, maybe I'm not doing such a good job. There's 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 that part of it, and uh, and 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 the other side of it is that we aren't in control here, and and to and to fall into uh, a pattern of prayer on each other's behalf only is an indicator as to the magnitude and magnificence of the body of Christ that's all over the world, and and the fact that 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 Gary and I have have chatted together on prayer matters is just one teeny little aspect of what prayer can be all about in the body of Christ. So uh, that was what was so encouraging to, to me as it relates to what was going on in, in, in our own little chapel is that here we've got somebody that's really not associated organizationally from a worship perspective, not, I'm just taking a wanna out of the equations. Here's someone who has reached out to me from a, from a different denomination, and we know that there's all kinds of people that don't talk to each other within the denominational structure, and yet when it comes down to it, we're all members of the body of Christ as we have in 1 Corinthians 12. We're baptized together into one body by one spirit. We're all talking to the God of the universe who stops and listens to us, so what's your problem in allowing others to pray for you? So that was really what encouraged me as an individual to, um, to nurture this relationship that we had, that I have with Gary beyond just Awana. And well, so uh, just a few comments that I have to make with regard to that. There will be many people who hear this story, right? But there'll be many people who, who kind of just move on. They're like, Oh, wow. That's cool. What God did over there. Right. But what I hope people hear from it is, you know, other Awana people or ministry to ministry professionals, right. To use that, uh, not exactly, you know, square peg round hole term to describe the two of you, right. Who will be like, Oh, I should reach out to my Gary or my pastor Dan, but there will also just be just people, just people who are able to hear your guys' story and go, Oh, you know what? I've God has brought them up a few times in prayer. And I've always kind of been like, well, that was weird. Or I don't want to go there. And then God being like, no, really, you should. Right. And that's what I hope uh, being able to amplify stories like this, amplify just relationships like you guys helps for people where it's like, oh, even when everything has changed, so much of the stuff that we've relied on, all of that's gone away. This hasn't. The call to be a part of one body, to be unified in Christ, like that is still a, a biblical commandment. I'm, now I'm just mincing metaphors. Uh, that we have to follow. I mean, if nothing else, well done. Like just to both of you and in, in the roles you play. Like I think it's also just as someone who has even less of a connection to your ministry, sir, than uh, than Gary did. Uh, you know, well done to to just being faithful. It's also important to say that you guys both could have made different choices. When Gary asked, "How do you pray?" You could have decided. You know what? He's not part of the community. Like I don't have time to explain all of the particulars to him. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to be like, "Yeah, Gary, we're good." And Gary, you could have just been like, you know what, I'm going to, I don't want to go there because I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. Or you could have written it for him. You could have said, oh, 
I bet, I bet he's fine. Yeah. It goes back to the, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Versus the old, do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or and we took that and we or, took that approach. Do you really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it turns out <laughs> in, a, in a matter of ways. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you get the, the, the I'm fine story. And then the next, the next line that I usually use in a, in a situation like that is okay. Now that you've lied to me, how are you really? Nice. You know, so, but you know, I, I just want to emphasize one aspect of this that, that is encouraging is that, we we have we have we don't have a full story yet because the end of co- of of covid-19 hasn't been written yet sure but one thing i can say is that there is enough of a story here at our little chapel that is encouraging number one we went into this we had we had many of our families were affected and uh some to a minor extent others to a major extent uh, in the hospital on oxygen, uh, we've had folks that that have had their uh, their lives um, affected rather dramatically. Uh, we've had uh, one family, two families that have had close relatives that have passed away from it, and uh, so you know it's hitting close. So we we pray about it. Gary says, "So is there an update?" I sent out an update. Well, the updates aren't really critical to this this storyline, but the, the the crux of it is that we've gone through this process now for a number of weeks, and we're at the point where we can say where all of the people that have been affected within our tight circle of the chapel alone have all recovered, and they're fine. And so here's the point. We, as a chapel have accepted that as an amazing blessing from the Lord, but we can't forget to thank the Lord for that. And so we've spent time saying, yeah, we've seen these people recover. Let's remember to spend time in prayer as individuals and collectively to thank the Lord for his goodness and giving these people their lives to live for him in whatever capacity that he wants them to live. So that's the the rest of the story, story, so to speak. And now the, 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 the final dash towards the finish line is, okay, so when can we open up our doors and, and get back into the building so that we can hug the people that are now recovered and are ready to serve again? So that's the rest of it, uh, Ross. Mm. I like that, that perspective. So what do you feel like uh, your church is going, the families in your church, I'll ask the question that way. Um, will keep doing long after everyone's doors can be opened and uh, you guys, everybody can hug again. I believe that one of the things that's going to stick around as a leader, I'm going to push that it sticks around is that we maintain communication amongst each other on days other than Sunday. Amen. You know, this is, you know, we, we get together on Sundays, you know, and 11 o'clock, we, you know, between 1030 and 11 o'clock, we have donuts and we chat and then we all go home and that's it. And uh, so I'm really going to be pushing the fact that, hey, guys, you've got cell phones. They're easy to use. Call somebody you haven't talked to for a while and use that puppy for the for for more than just, you know, texting. And uh, I, I think that that's really what I want to have stick around. Yeah. That's great. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a, it's, it's critical. I think 
that we have the these kinds of relationships. So we'll see. <laughs> well, and one I, of the one of the okay. keys in that book, the re- resilient book, uh, one of the uh, the key uh, phrases says, "And there was a church." And, and so I see that in in this this whole pandemic, I see that in the COVID, and there was a church. And Pastor Dante, to your point, from this point forward, the Church of 2050 is going to look back at it and say, and there was that church that just like you said, let's not just stop at 1130. Yeah, that's true. Let's yeah. come back and do this all week long because it's that much fun. Yeah. So just yeah. to support that, and then I, I took you off track, Ross. I'm sorry. No, there's, uh, there's no track. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I got a letter or a call from one of the younger kids in, in our in our church saying, would you write me a letter of reference on, on this type of a situation? She wanted to be in leadership at her school, had to apply for it, need to get letters of reference. So we, we went through that and, and we made it a prayer. We made a prayer pact between each other that, that, that the prayer wasn't so much that she get the position, although that's the desire, but rather she would have uh, the attitude and the grace to accept whatever decision was made from God so that, she wasn't disappointed if she didn't get it. Mm. And uh, so, so we, we said, you know, if, if God wants you to have it, you're going to have it. I'm going to pray for that. But if, it, if you don't get it, let's remember that God's in control and he's going to work his will through you in, in a different way. If you don't get it, she called me up yesterday and said, she called me, I'm called grandpa Dan down at our church. They call me grandpa Dan. Grandpa Dan, I, I got it. And so we were able to chat about, you know, what does this mean? What is her role going to be in this leadership? And she's a freshman in, in, uh, in high school. She's a great kid. And, but the, here's the point. At the end of it, we haven't seen each other for three months, but we were able to pray together on the phone. Here's this young teenager in this geriatric having prayer on the phone together. And to me, that's what I would like to carry forward with not only just our kids, but our, the folks in our chapel that need this kind of relationship. So that's the case in point. Yeah. Well, I, I love that for so many reasons. Most of, including which one of the reasons being that um, the ministry is still happening, happening. That story has nothing to do with their coronavirus. No. Right. No. But the kingdom is still moving. And I feel like one of the potential openings for the church is it's going to become increasingly obvious that there is something different about the church mm-hmm. disciple, you know, disciple making churches. All right. I'm talking about churches that are helping make resilient disciples. who are going to love Jesus for the rest of their life. That, that otherness, that thing where non-believers are going to look at, you know, look at those people and be like, man, like, to use your words, that geriatric really is a nice guy and there's something different about him, right? So true, yeah. That's going to become more inviting for people because it's going to become increasingly harder to find in other contexts. Yeah, exactly. So you genuinely care about her leadership. That's awesome. It's true. So here's the encouraging part from an Awana perspective. This kid started as a cubby and is now one of our of our junior leaders who's who's hearing kids recite their verses and doing that kind of stuff. So she's gone the, gone the the and I and I I account uh, the impact on her life. Uh, a good portion of it comes from of the Awana training. It comes from a great family, but you know, unless you have that other training, uh, you know, she's moving on to some bigger things at school. And I and I and I uh, attribute that. 
to a lot to Omana. So there you go. That's awesome. When you would go to God in prayer in the various contexts that that was happening, what kept you going to prayer? Because I know that for me, I often will fall into the victim of, I'll pray for you and I pray and it's a good prayer. It's a real solid prayer. Like I, real nail, I nail it in the moment. And then I don't go to God again or to, to the person again to follow up about what God's still up to. How are you able to keep doing that uh, for this particular church? I think it's, it's, a, it's the Jesus factor, okay? <laughs> Jesus taught his disciples, you know, can't you pray with me for an hour? Yeah. You know? And they fell asleep. And then he was about his father's business. He, he told them in Matthew chapter 14, you know, I need to be with my father. And he went up into the mountain. He sent them in a boat. And he says, I'll meet you on the other side. And he told his disciples by example, spent the entire night because the scripture says in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them. And that means he had been praying for a while. And so when we need, as, especially as ministers of the gospel, as missionaries, okay, when we need to be Christ to other people, we need to live that, not just say it. And so when I tell uh, Pastor Dan, I'm praying for you, that's a part of my life. And, and he'll, he told you a moment, moment ago, I constantly text him, is there any updates? And that means <clears throat> I'm about to go into prayer. And, and Pastor Dan will tell you, it's a lot of times I'm texting him, is there any update? <laughs> and, it's, and it's not just Pastor Dan. That's the cool thing, okay? There are a lot of people in my Awana world as being missionary. And, and one church said it right not too long ago. When you're here, it's almost like we are the only church that you serve. That's the feeling that we have. And I think that that's what Dan is saying, that when we're together, that's the only church that you have. When we pray, like you indicated, we're talking to the, to the God of the universe. That, in my mind, when I, you know, there's certain people that we've run across who are in influential positions in our life. And, and when, we, we, when we meet them, we're in awe. And, and uh, you know, I've run into somebody who's probably three levels above me in my job, and I've, I've got a request to make on behalf of whatever. You know, you get tongue-tied. Guys, we're, we're talking to the God of the universe, but he wants to hear us. Now, when it comes to church membership, in my mind, I have a different view of that. We don't, at our church, we don't have a membership list. Because in our estimation, the members of the church are every Christian on the face of this planet who is a believer, and they are a member of the, the church of God. So that, my responsibility is to that level. So let's talk about the prayer side of it. Gary comes to me and he says, I'm going to pray for you. And, and that's tremendously encouraging because he's talking very specifically to the God of the universe about my situation. And, and that's, that's humbling. Thank you, Gary. That's humbling. But what happens to that prayer? To me, the beautiful part of that is the fact that the prayers that we offer up to God on behalf of others, if you look at them in, in, in Revelation 5 and Revelation 6, it talks about that time when, when golden, golden containers are opened up, and, and, and it says, and these are 
and these are the prayers of saints, and they become the odor of heaven. And, and I thought to myself, what Gary's doing on my behalf eventually ends up in a container in heaven and becomes the odor of heaven for eternity. Thank you, Gary. And vice versa, as we've prayed for each other, our Amen. prayers actually become that part of heaven that brings honor and glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever, because God has some way of putting them in a container. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And we read about it, and he's told us about it. And so that's the encouragement to me. It doesn't matter who we're affiliated with. It doesn't matter what denomination. It doesn't matter whether we sprinkle or dunk at, at baptisms. That doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is that we are members of the body of Christ. We're concerned about each other. We've talked to God about each other. And the ultimate result is God gets the honor. So that, that's my view. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thanks to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making the podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week. 